Ahmadinejad, who himself had been an officer in an engineering unit connected to the Revolutionary Guards during the Iran-Iraq War, reciprocated by appointing fellow veterans of the Revolutionary Guards to more than half the positions in his cabinet. In 2009, the election process was under the control of another hand-picked Revolutionary Guards general, who controlled the Interior Ministry. The Revolutionary Guards are best known as the loyal protectors of the Islamic Republic. They have the most sensitive security assignments, including responsibility for the military side of the Iranian nuclear program. Yet the overall power of the Revolutionary Guards within Iran's political system has been steadily growing in recent years. By 2007, the Revolutionary Guards were estimated to control about one-third of the Iranian economy through subsidiary companies and trusts. Their corporations won lucrative infrastructure contracts, which only built up their wealth and internal power. They also began to run candidates in Iranian elections in order to block Iranian reformists, giving the impression that they were engaged in a creeping takeover of Iranian political life. At the same time, other centers of power, like Iran's clerics, had been declining in influence. They constituted the majority in the first majlis, or parliament, of the Islamic Republic in the early 1980s, but by the time of the last parliamentary elections in March 2008, the clerics had only 30 representatives out of a total of 290. As the power of the military grew, even the Islamic Republic's clerical leadership held less sway. Ahmadinejad's electoral victory was the latest development in a long-term process that had been underway for years. Some serious analysts have concluded that the 2009 elections amounted to nothing less than a military coup by the Revolutionary Guards and the conversion of Iran from a theocratic state with partially democratic institutions to an outright military dictatorship. Symbolically, the street clashes of June 2009 pitted the Revolutionary Guards and their besieged units, backing up the riot police, against reformist demonstrators seeking to prevent the corruption of what remained of Iran's limited electoral system. Since he came to power in 1989, the Supreme Leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, enjoyed political legitimacy that emanated from the religious status associated with his position that had been created by his predecessor, Ayatollah Khomeini, in the aftermath of the 1979 Islamic Revolution. The coercive measures employed by the regime have eroded that legitimacy and made the Iranian leader more reliant on military force and on an alliance with the Revolutionary Guards. There were earlier demonstrations against the ruling elite of the Islamic Republic. For example, in July 1999, thousands of students in Tehran University revolted, shouting, Down with the dictator, as they called for greater freedom in Iran. The student movement spread to other Iranian provinces, mobilizing more than a million young people. The regime crushed the demonstrators and arrested thousands. With the events of June 2009, Iranian protesters openly challenged the legitimacy of the ruling military elite, who were busy using the new political atmosphere to consolidate their power and control over the Iranian state. The emerging triumvirate of power consisted of Ayatollah Khamenei, President Ahmadinejad, and the Revolutionary Guards. The Iranian clerics were split over this new shape of Iran. Indeed, on June 19, 2009, when Khamenei addressed his supporters at Tehran University during the height of the street riots, many mullahs stayed away. Nonetheless, Khamenei was not left standing alone. The powerful assembly of experts, an elected body of 86 religious leaders, which has the authority to replace the supreme leader, came out the following day with a statement expressing its strong support for his Tehran speech. These developments in Iran posed a series of difficult dilemmas for the Obama administration. President Barack Obama had come to power only six months earlier, dedicated to the idea that his foreign policy team, unlike that of the Bush administration, 
would undertake a high-level political dialogue with Iran. Through this new policy of engagement, Obama hoped that Iran could be persuaded to halt its drive for nuclear weapons before it actually acquires an atomic bomb. As an early first step, Obama issued a statement in March, on the occasion of the Iranian holiday of Nowruz, in which he said that the United States wants the Islamic Republic of Iran to take its rightful place in the community of nations. To make engagement work, Iran could not be categorized as an enemy. For this reason, in reacting to the events in Iran during June 2009, Obama did not want to be perceived as tilting to the side of the Iranian regime or to the demonstrators in the streets. He sympathized with the Iranian protesters, but did not want to kill the chances of success of one of the central pillars of his Middle East policy, diplomatically engaging with the Iranian regime in the future over its nuclear program and its support for terrorism. Obama's neutrality on developments in Iran reached its height when he declared...